0: This week on the podcast, we've got Jared Berry in the house to talk about the game on the weekend, his own personal form, and how he's settling into life at the Gabba. Let's get into it. Jared, thanks for joining us tonight. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much, thanks for having me. Here. Um pretty pretty exciting time to be talking to us after a great win on the weekend. Tell us how you're feeling. Are you still buzzing?
1: Uh yeah, definitely. Definitely uh, still on top of the world. So yeah. Um wins haven't come uh too plentiful this year and um yeah, it's good to good to get one, especially on the road mm. against a good side incident. And what yep. does a
2: win like that do for the, the confidence of the group? Obviously, betting a good side like Essendon on the road, backs <laughs> against the wall, you're 27 points down, and to come over the top of them must just be a great confidence booster for the group.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think um, especially uh, being a pretty young group all around, um, it definitely shows a fair bit of character and and um, spirit that we, we're starting to develop um, in the side, so... Um, yeah, like you said, being being an away game and um, being 27 points down in the final quarter, um, them kicking the first goal in the final quarter. Uh, I guess yeah, it's it's good good for us us young young sides to um, actually challenge challenge good sides like that and um, yeah, come out with a win. So yeah, very excited for the boys and. Um, yeah, it's a great, great character-building win, I think.
0: Was there a particular message or you know instruction you were given at three-quarter times? So it seemed after you know Darcy Parish kicked that goal, then it just sort of all sparked into action. What was something Chris Fagan might have said at three-quarter time?
1: Um, yeah, well, pretty much everything that um, that our game plan revolved around is uh, is effort, pretty much. So. Um that was probably the strongest message at three quarter time that as long as we got the the effort and um and the belief that we can win, um, then yeah, we're definitely within a shot. So um yeah, I guess I guess the three quarters before that become irrelevant in that last um, last quarter and it's just it's just a fight to win the last quarter. So um and we and we did that through our effort, so
2: and the round two game, the guys didn't get the result in that one, but it was a really positive performance and that sort of thing. Pushed them right to the end. Did the guys take a lot out of that game bringing into this one? You obviously weren't playing in that one, but yeah, did the guys take a, a bit out of that game?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess it helped us in our reviews and um, well, our previews to get ready for the, the side and uh, know what they liked it, like to like. What they like to play like and um, how they like to move the ball. So um, yeah, definitely helped heaps. And um, yeah, like I said, as long as we, as long as we um, could bring that effort on the day, then we knew we were going to be um, being in for a, a good contest.
0: It's a good point you make, Ollie, because I've noticed that was the second time we've sort of played a team for the second time in the season, and on both times, like the Port game and now Essendon, we were pretty pretty considerable <clears throat> improvements from first first appearance to second appearance. So, yeah, good point there. Um, Jared, just going back to your season, how have you seen it so far and how you've progressed throughout the year? You know, you've probably recruited as a, a flanker type, but you've started to develop into some big midfield minutes and playing centre, centre clearances as well.
1: Um, yeah, obviously, like, um, the... The biggest thing for me this season has been actually being able to get that opportunity at um, such an early stage and, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, I guess to play or step up from under-18 sort of football mm. to playing senior men, um, it's, a, it's a huge jump and, um, yeah, it's been a massive challenge for me, I guess, and, um, yeah, I feel, feel like that i just got to keep growing with every game and and um I know I've got the right people behind me helping me out, um, day in, day out to to do that and yeah, like you said, um being lucky enough to play in, play in a bit of midfield time in, in one of the a, a very good midfield um that we have. So um yeah, it's 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 nearly surreal playing against players <laughs> or playing with against, yep. with players like uh Dane Zorco and um, Tom Rockliffe and Dane Beams, who are superstars of the competition, so yep. um, and big Steph Martin as well.
2: Yeah, it is such a young group, but what are those older guys like around the group and how important are they for the the younger guys at the club? Because, yeah, we have the le- youngest list in the league and you've got Dane Zorco, Dane Beams, Steph Martin, Tommy Rockliffe, they've been around for a while now.
1: Yeah, I think... That um, I think it's important for them to. Uh, oh, they they do everything they can with their with their um, younger group of players to improve us. So if that's watching vision or um, doing an extra touch session or um, just these little things like that, they're always willing to help and and stuff like that. But yeah, like they're they're awesome around the group. Um, all really good fellows. Uh, they. They um, really get around us young fellas and make us feel a part of it all, which is really important. So the relationships are definitely there. And, um, yeah, hopefully hopefully get to see us um, in the next – all the rest of the season and um, in the future, just growing as a group together. Because of these these older blokes leading the way,
0: yeah, certainly trending in an upward direction. Um, <clears throat> how have you found the move to Queensland? Obviously, you grew up in Victoria. How have you found that big big step in your life?
1: Um, yeah, pretty interesting actually. <laughs> uh, first first, uh, first session, we were in thirty four degrees heat, and I couldn't even walk without stopping. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> it was a very big change weather wise, but um, you, but you definitely reaping the wards now when it's 22 degrees and um it's only it's minuses down in victoria so yeah um the winter's very very um very livable up here but yeah no nah, obviously moving up with hugh's been being good and um the boarding boarding school side of things um before i before i got drafted definitely helped me move away from my family and, mm. and feel comfortable straight away so yeah, it's been it's been very, very good. <clears throat>
2: How much did it help to have a guy like you who you'd already play with and knew very well to to be moving up to the same club as well?
1: Uh, yeah, um, I guess very lucky um, that we we actually ended up. Um, together playing at the same club this um, uh, time. It's I guess it was a little, little man upstairs. It just said it, it had. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It just it's made it a whole lot easier for me. That's for sure. Because um, obviously one of me, <coughs> one of me good mates, and um, um, yeah, like it's just been being comfortable, I guess, and having that support. Um, Yeah, that support that, you know, he's going through the same thing. And, and, um, yeah, it just makes it a whole lot easier.
0: And obviously not only Hugh as well, but, you know, um, Cedric came from the same club as yourself and you would have played a lot of (coughs) of underage footy with Alex as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, Alex is... um, been been close to my family and, and me for since pretty much under 12s when we when we met and the, um, the Victorian squad there. So mm. uh, for him to move up as well was yeah awesome and obviously all playing together now is yeah um, another come true. So. Yeah, very exciting.
0: I think he missed the Rising Star <clears throat> nomination this week after a pretty stellar performance on the weekend. How have you? Are you surprised at how seamlessly he sort of slotted into his first games of AFL footy? Um, I
1: would, wouldn't say surprised. Um, yeah, if you know Alex, is definitely a character that is, <laughs> um, I guess, confident in himself yep. and um, that that that. Vibrates throughout the group, and you just know he's going to slot in um, whatever role you give to him. Um, if he's playing forward, if he's playing midfield, or if he's playing back, where yeah. he's at the moment, you know he's going to slot in and um, provide that effort and obviously the class that he's um, been able to be able to show in his first two games. Which yeah, you know, I think twenty disposals in the first game, twenty nine in the second. Yeah, um, can't can't ask for a better start to your career than that. So, um, no, he's he's a superstar, Alex. And, <laughs> yeah, look forward to playing alongside him for a long time.
0: And we all look forward to watching you guys develop as well. Ollie, do you have anything else for Jared before we let him go?
2: No, I think that about covers it. All
0: right, Jared. Well, thanks for being so generous with your time and joining us tonight. We really appreciate the chat, mate.
2: No worries. Thanks for having me. No
0: worries, mate. See Thanks, later. Thanks, Jared. All right, Ollie. It was good to good to hear from Jared and get a bit of insight into how he's going with the move and how his footy's going as well. I think it, he even sounds surprised how quickly he sort of progressed from, you know, a sort of fringe player to being a big, big part of our midfield rotation.
2: Well, he's a huge part of the side now. He came in for his debut in round three, had a really good first up game, and has been in the side since then, hasn't missed the game Mm. at all, so he's a really valued member of the the side already in his first year, so he's going on great, spoke beautifully then, and yeah, really great guy for the future.
0: Um, Obviously, ourselves and the fans are still up and about from a great win on the weekend. How did you see the
2: game? Oh, fantastic game. And I was pretty. I just had some sort of feeling last week that we'd put in a good effort against the Bombers. We played really well against them in round two. You were confident. We probably confident. should have won that game. And yeah, there were stages there on the weekend where I thought Bombers might pull away and they were really determined to make up for that game against Sydney. But the most pleasing part about it was just our resilience to be mm. 27 points down. They kicked the first goal of the last quarter. It could have gone uh, the other way at that point And yeah. the Bombers could have got a run on and had a big win. But to our credit, we just stuck in and just had a real crack and we just wanted it more than they did. We just really wanted it and moved the ball well. And it all came together for us. And it was one of the best wins we've had in the last four years. It's mm. It's right up there and it's, going to give the club so much confidence to knock off a team that's in finals contention. They're in top eight contention still and they've beaten some good sides this year. Mm. So to do that on the road, win for the Melbourne fans, I think it's your first live win in what, seven years?
0: Yeah, 2010. I think I was talking about my last live win was against Collingwood. So a a fair while between drinks, but it was certainly enjoyable. But, um, Yeah, as you said, being there, it just felt like for the first three quarters, we just were hanging in there, hanging in, just hanging in, and then I personally might not be as optimistic as other people that were at the ground, but I just thought at some point the damn wall was going to break and Essendon was just going to get a bit of a run on and kick a few goals, but especially when Darcy Parrish kicked that goal to start the fourth quarter, I thought, yeah, here we go. But yeah, to the boys' credit, they just cracked in, and I think fortunately as well. Actually, after Parrish kicked that goal, Essendon hit the post twice. Joe Downing yeah, with a snap, and maybe Joe Watson as well. But anyway, but yeah, that was the opportunity we needed, and we grabbed it. You know, there's plenty of individual performances, but I thought one of the standouts for mine was the defensive group as a whole, probably led by yeah. Dan day and Harris Andrews and Sam Mays.
2: Absolutely. And you look to that round two game, Ariseo Fantasia and Tip and Woody, they really cut us up and mm. made a big impact that day. But they didn't have a lot of it on the weekend. Tip and Woody kicked a couple of really good goals, but only had the six possessions. Fantasia mm. just kicked the one goal. He really tore us to shreds at the Gabba. So, yeah. Um, Joe Danaher had his chances. He could have put us away. He did hit the post in the last quarter, and Carl Hooker had his chances as well. But, yeah, the defensive group, Harris Andrews in his 50th game, was absolutely outstanding. And it's just so exciting to have in that back half. But, yeah, really good defensive effort to hold them out for as long as they did in the first half. They had a lot of scoring shots. Probably didn't quite take advantage, but... Yeah, the back six held up tremendously well.
0: Um, Who did you score the points to between Harris and Joe? It's probably one of those sort of um, duels that we enjoyed watching like Tom Lynch and Harris earlier in the year. Who did you give the
2: thumbs up to? It was a pretty even sort of contest, but I think you have to give it to Harris. He's on the winning side in the end.
0: I think Joe just,
2: has kicked the three goals, but we've seen him have bigger games than that for sure. Mm, He's and one, one of them, the stars of the competition, yeah.
0: For one of them, Harris actually wasn't on him. I think Dan McStay turned the ball over and it was sort of left up to him to to get Joe. So um yeah, two goals. A lot of great contests as well. Yeah. I I agree with you completely. I think Harris took the points just. Like it was a good it was a great battle to watch actually. Um Another area of the ground, well, actually, we should mention Alex Witherden's performance, 29 disposals oh, incredible in his second game. We have recently learnt that he didn't get the Rising Star nomination this week, which is a bit... Robbed. <laughs> robbed. bit disappointing, but, I mean, the class and composure he showed was tremendous and well beyond his
2: years. Oh, it was incredible. He's only playing his... Uh, was his second game? Second game, yep. Yeah, and he looked like he'd been out there for five, six years. Just mm. the composure, his class, he is so exciting. And he's probably been overlooked a bit. He hasn't been right up there um, in terms of the fans and probably the players we expect to come right through. But oh, he's right at the, the top of the list now. That was a absolutely incredible display on the weekend, 29 possessions. And I'm sure the rising star mom is going to come soon. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's played outstanding, but been our best twenty nine possessions. You can't ask for too much more than that, but I'm sure there'll be one before the year's out.
0: I'd be disappointed if we didn't have two before the year's out with our guest Jared and also Alex. But um <clears throat> moving to the other end of the ground, uh Eric Hipwood finished with four goals and was absolutely electric up front. But I thought <clears throat> in terms of a complete game, he was clumped. Clunking marks as well. Like his contested marking was probably the most consistent it's been all year and he was getting up the ground and just a really, really promising game from him.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The four goals and I don't think we'll forget that last quarter goal anytime soon on the run Mm. from 50 metres out. It bounces through, got the commentators up and about and he just has one of those moments every week now where he's just really got the crowd on edge, gets everyone up and going. Mm. And, yeah, it's going to be exciting just to see him and Josh Shackey to that forward line. It's um, very, very exciting. There's a lot of
0: debate, I suppose, or talk about the rising star and who's going to win it this year, you know, Sam Palpepper and Ryan Burton. But just a sneaky chance Eric might be up there. He is leading the rising star nominees in goals kick this year. So if he finishes with a few more games of four and a couple more bags, you never know at the end of the year. How the judges might vote it, but we might have another winner. And going back to Louis Taylor and Daniel Rich, even Nathan Buckley back in the day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard for young forwards to kick goals early in their career. And Mm. for Eric to already have 22 this year, he could easily finish close to, if he gets on the end of a few good games, he could finish closer to 40. So Mm. it's, a great year for him. He's had a, a few down games, and that's going to happen with young forwards and yeah. in a bottom side as well. So, yeah, yeah that, that was really encouraging on the weekend. And it backs up his performance against Essen in round two as well. He, he showed that night that, yeah, he's really going to be a star for the future. But the last four weeks, I think, he's been very consistent. Yeah. And that was probably uh, wavering a bit early in the season. But, yeah, yeah the consistency starting to come out in him now.
0: Um, another player I think probably worth talking about is Josh Walker. He struggled a bit in the first half yeah. playing forward, but then <clears throat> when they shuffled the magnets and threw him back as a result of Darcy going down, he was brilliant as an intercepting defender and kicked a beautiful long goal as well, which I think brought us level or brought us within a goal. It was late in the game, so it was a crucial clutch goal. But um, How did you see Josh's comeback to the team?
2: Yeah, he's had to bite his time in the knee full a bit. He obviously came across to uh, from Geelong as a key position player, but yeah, he had a terrific game and that goal in the last quarter, it was it wasn't an easy kick and no. got a fifty meter penalty and went back and nailed it at such important time in the game and really got the guys up and about. And I think it might have got us yeah, I think probably level, roundabout level. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah. it was a crucial period of the game and just to convert it like he did was sensational, and yeah, if he can play that role as a key defender that can switch forward or or vice versa, that's going to be so important for us. So, I think with he's a bit more experienced than some of the other key position players, so I think mm-hmm. he's a good one to have in the side. I must admit, when the
0: selection came through that it was replacing Dane Beams, I was. Not upset, but I was quite confused. It seemed like a very top-heavy team with Archie Smith also running around. But um, I guess that's why I'm not the coach of the Brisbane Lions. Shows what I <laughs> well, know. Well, we
2: might talk about the coach and how great was it to see Chris Fagan just up in the box and just the genuine excitement on his face in that last quarter. There was mm. a few pans to the box early in the, the quarter. He was uh, pretty... Pretty fired up, but yeah, just, just to see the the joy on his face at the end, and get down on the ground to hug all the players, get in the rooms after the game, and get in the circle and sing the song. That was just that was just brilliant to yeah, watch.
0: For, yeah, for sure, the emotion he showed was 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 really impressive. Um, and also the way he got around all the players. Like, there's some really touching photos of him embracing Rockcliffe yeah. and Zorko and all the boys. So. It's good to see how invested he is and how much it, he obviously cares about the group and wanting them to develop. But um, yeah, I think you know it'd be you'd be hard pressed to find a Lions fan that's disappointed with the job Fagan's done. Just the growth over this year alone has been tremendous, and you can safely say that we've reached the bottom and we're on the upward trajectory
2: now. Yep. It's- oh. The- the future's looking so much brighter than it was six, seven weeks ago. I think. Yeah. That
0: buy. I reckon the buy. Yeah,
2: the buy. The buy and the Josh Shackey re signing. It might just be a coincidence, but mm. I think there's just been a different vibe around the group since Josh re signed. Yeah. Just, there's so much speculation around him and could we lose another high profile draft picket? Mm An early time, but for him to re-sign, recommit to the club, I think it's just been a bit of a weight lifted off the, the shoulders of the players, the club. And yeah. Since then we've had some really good performances. We've had the two wins and we've been pretty competitive in the other games as well. So
0: Yeah, as we talked about with Jared, like we showed in the port game the second time around how much we improved since the first time we played them. And um even GWS, you know, we lost by 60 points but there was a lot of positives particularly from our young players to to take out of that game and hopefully we can translate that or continue that sort of tone into Geelong this weekend at the Gabba which will be another big game Um, Geelong coming off a draw actually so no doubt they'll be pumped to get get back in the winners list
2: Yeah that was a really big result for them actually they would have obviously loved to have won the game and Mm. Tom Hawkins would have loved to get that goal after siren but to get that close against GWS in Sydney mm. without Selwood that is just that's true. huge huge it so sounds like we'll have they're going to deal with, go up,
0: sounds mm-hmm. like we'll have to deal with Selwood coming back this week as well
2: yeah hopefully we can pull off a miracle in grass part 2
0: yeah I that would have been 4 years ago now 4 years it? ago yeah yep. yeah celebrate the anniversary um <clears throat> Anything else from the Essendon game you want to talk about before we, before we wrap it up? Think, plenty of honourable mentions to go around. Like even Roe Buick, you wouldn't have said he was one of the best, but he kicked three and
2: he kicked three, two in the last quarter when we really needed it.
0: And even Lester probably Zor- had one of his poorer games, but you know that contested mark and the go ahead goal.
2: Yeah. Um, and Zorko to bounce back after the worst game of his career the week before and to get. 30 possessions and the two goals back to his what i think is all australian form and yeah i'm sure he will be in there at the end of the season if he keeps this up and sammy mays just keeps coming on in leaps and bounds and he's taking his games on another level this year another really good game tommy cutler yeah it's a good goal as well in the last quarter you go through most of the guys there and you say wow they had really good games
0: Mm. and tommy Cutler sort of playing a bit more of an aggressive role, like we recruited him as a halfback, but he's almost been playing like a Isaac Smith winner, winger's role. Yeah, he, he's got a lot of the ball in recent times. I think twenty. He had twenty-eight possessions. Twenty-eight on the weekend yeah. and a goal. So and you know he's he's quite fast and obviously he's a long kick. So he's pretty pretty good offensive weapon for us. But um, another name I thought was good in clutch moments. Was Archie Smith? Um, yep. Fagan actually threw him into the ruck for a big part of that fourth quarter, and there was one goal. I think he got the clearance to Zorko, and Archie actually resulted in a started a turnover at halfback for another goal. So, even though he might not have got a lot of the ball, he certainly had his moments that contributed to our comeback.
2: Yeah, he did. He did, and he was in there around the contest, going in hard and. Yeah, some really good efforts to contribute to goals. Like mm. didn't keep goal himself, but he played a big role in in some of those goals. So you look through most of those names, and they've improved this year.
0: Yeah, for a lot sure. of those
2: guys have improved a lot. Very young side, so they're they're going to improve. But even some of the other guys that have been there for for longer periods, mm. like I mentioned, Sammy Mays and Louis Taylor, uh, Nick. Louis Taylor, Nick Robbo, yeah, Ron Buick. He's been out of the side but came back in and Mm. performed superbly. So, yeah, plenty to like.
0: Last thing we'll talk about before we wrap up another episode is obviously we've lost Darcy Gardner for what actually might be the entire season. Dislocated elbow. I haven't, I don't know too much about that. So, I don't know.
2: Yeah, they're pretty nasty. Mm.
0: And the way Fagan was sort of talking is it could be season over, so in terms of i suppose replacements for this weekend, who would you see fulfilling or filling in his role?
2: yeah, it's a tough one he's had such a big impact this year, and it's been good this year it's hard to It's hard to replace down there because he plays that really um aggressive type defender role so mm. There's probably not too many guys that can come straight in and just replace him straight away. But, no. yeah, there's been some pretty good performances in Nathan, um this year, so...